Oh, Cody, looks like just you and me on a bad trip in this <laughs> of the pond theater. Not just in this time. Got to do something today. Yeah. Baby shower, I think, is yeah, what he said. Yeah. Well, you know, best of luck to whatever's going on. Probably something really cool. But, well, I mean, baby showers are cool. They, they can be, you know. You think you're gonna get it to that point, baby shower? Uh, no, that that point is past us. Um, my wife already has kids, and she can't have any more. So yeah. Okay. So baby showers would be other people's baby showers, but I've you been could... to been to a few. My sister has six children. Do Do you know that like recently people have had baby showers? where they've set off fireworks or a huge i don't know they did something real crazy instead they just set like a forest on fire or, or something oh like, yeah i remember hearing about that it was either a baby shower or a... No, it was a baby shower that's what the purpose was like people wanted oh. the most epic baby shower ever and it turned to a, a an actual natural disaster <laughs> all to yeah. find out what the the jet no it was a gender reveal that's yeah. right it was a gender reveal party i think it was in california yeah it was yeah so justin uh got, got some heat oh my gosh that means if justin's on a baby shower uh, we have to make sure that he's not they're not burning anything yeah please don't do any fireworks justin it's well, just, just a baby me. shower okay is the per is the baby a boy girl or non-binary let's figure that out but today we are checking out Bad Trip, which is a new Netflix comedy and taking the format of a uh, another movie. And I'll tell you actually about that. But it stars some very familiar comedians, actually, in, in the lead roles. Now, that's actually the only movie we're going to talk about because the other things that we're, we're going to be on the show. First, I am having a job transition, so... If the movie in question is not getting any word of mouth or like no one's talking about it and and when it does get reviews, it get, gets okay reviews, then yeah, I'll probably not spend like, what, what is seven a $7 rental? Now, before I said it was $20, was said seven. It's a movie starring William Shatner and Christopher Lloyd. And I'm, I'm oh, it's only that. seven now? That that's why I didn't watch it because I thought it was twenty dollars. No, I got it wrong because that's the thing is a lot of these premieres they've been twenty dollars, but this turned out to be just seven dollars. However, like it, it was, it's getting all right. It's not like people are saying, "Oh, this is bad." They're just saying, "Yeah, it's your typical rom com with some very uh, legendary out actors and actresses. I mean, a lot of uh, old talent." I mean, I might check it out later. Just right now, I'm like, all right. And if if nobody's talking about, then oh well. The thing that people are talking about that I also couldn't get to see, at least right now, was uh, My Hero Academia season five. The first episode came out. Kind of what I was confused of. I read articles on the release date when it will air. And the first thing they said that it will air on 
Crunchyroll, Funimation, and Hulu. And it turns out the only they'll air on Hulu once the season is done. So it'll pretty much be Crunchyroll or Funimation. Then I found out that okay, you need to get a subscription in order to uh, go on Funimation or Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll being nine ninety nine a month and Funimation being uh, I think seven ninety nine or uh, six ninety nine a month. Yeah, I'm, I'll probably. I mean, I've been watching more anime. I'll probably get you know later. I'll probably get a subscription for Crunchyroll. But that is the thing is yeah, unfortunately, it's not on cable. So you have to. That's it. You have to get these subscriptions. That's what it's about now. Uh, yep, you're trading in your cable for multiple streaming services. But here's the other weird thing. I read an article saying that the the series, uh, season five, it's going to be dubbed and subbed at the same time. Like it's going to release both with English subs and English dubs. So if you can, if you want the Japanese voice acting or you want the English cast, then you get it on the same day. I checked on there before That's even, cool. well, that would be cool, but I checked on there before even subscribing, and at the time of recording this, no, it is not available in dub. It's only available in sub. And for a show like My Hero Academia, where there's a lot of action going on, you know, I'm not someone who's massively against subs. I mean, there are some foreign films I enjoy that have English subtitles that they aren't exactly dubbed, per se, but with anime I, I think there are there's a lot I mean there's plenty of people love watching the anime and sub but I feel like there's also a good majority who prefer to watch anime and dub including myself and the reason why is just that you know, I like to pay attention to the whole thing and when it's sub I do have to focus on what's going down on the bottom area so I can tell what the characters are saying because I do not speak Japanese. And that's where I was like, okay, I'll watch the dub. And now the dub's currently not available. It's only sub. So I'm like, oh, I, I guess I'll just wait for whenever the dub comes out. I, I thought it was going to be today, but I, I guess not. I don't know what, what's going on with that. But yeah, when it comes out, I will, of course, subscribe to Crunchyroll. Because that's where they got all the anime. And, and then, lastly, well... The reason why I, because uh, I, I was thinking, should I watch No Man Land today? Well, I, I the, recently to uh, this weekend was the release of a couple of big games that I'll be talking about on my gaming show, the Gaming Tadpole, later on. One of them is a co-op game called It Takes Two. And actually, I want to show you something. Uh, because I think you'll find that the director of this game very funny, but it's a co-op game about two parents. They're getting divorced. I mean, they're getting a divorce. They're not happy with each other. The kid is very upset. So she cries on these dolls she made that is replicating the, t- the mom and the dad, which is uh, Cody and Mary and the, some sort of magical ability transferred their consciousness to their those dolls so now they're having to work together in many different scenarios in hopes to well actually it's this uh talking friendship book 
who's just super crazy, is like, oh, you two will get back in love. There will be no divorce today. So just going through a lot of wacky scenarios. Uh, what I could say, I, I'm going to give my review on the, the gaming tab poll this Wednesday. I No, I enjoy it. It's, it is a solid game. Narratively, not the best. In fact, if you want a movie uh, reference, it's kind of like a DreamWorks film. Mm. I, I mean, so look, hit or miss there. Well, I'll say it's one of it would be like one of DreamWorks's better films. Where, okay, uh, yeah, like, where, uh, Kung Fu Panda or How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, not as good as How to Train Your Dragon, but yeah, maybe more in lines of Kung Fu Panda. I mean. The, the dialogue's very fun. The, the interactions between the two and some other characters. But revolving the plot, let me tell you this. Just take a wild guess. Why do you think the parents were divorced in the first place? It's an old movie trope that you see mm. in a lot of mediocre or bad movies that involve a, a relationship breakup or divorce. Is one of them getting a job that's out of state? Yeah, yeah. One of them works too hard. (laughs) And as soon as that reveal was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. We're going married to their job. No, it's like, no. (laughs) Cody is mad because, uh, yeah, uh, May works so hard on her job and doesn't have enough time for you know uh, a mom and dad relationship and i'm like and she even said but I, i'm putting food on the table I was, now thankfully they have gone like later on they've gone a little bit more and and it's not completely black and white but still just going on that same tired trope yeah just stop i mean I, I get it in a way. I mean, I mean, you know, when somebody is working on their job and they work a lot of hours and, hey, you don't get a lot of time with. And that wasn't just like a, the, the trope for divorces. That is also just a trope that you're being a bad parent in a movie. It's like, you're never home. You don't have a relationship because you're working and making money for the family. I mean, that's the whole plot of Hook, right? He's a bad dad because yeah. he's at work all the time. Yeah. So the the creator of this guy, his name is Joseph Ferris. And there's something you should know about him. And that, that's why I, I find it very interesting and relevant because he does mention something movie related. But I'm going to display, uh, this is the showcase of his last game. And I'm not just focusing on the showcase. I'm focusing on his presentation before it because... That, that's what makes this guy so interesting and, and this game so interesting is that he it is something that isn't very familiar to other games. Like it's a co-op platformer that often it's all about teamwork, like doing different puzzles or, uh, or boss fights and challenges that involve two people working together. Thus the name, It Takes Two. I'm going to show you the, the video here. And by the way, uh, on the show, we're just talking about uh, uh, Bad Trip. And then I'm actually going to share my thoughts on the first three episodes of Invincibles. Oh, I only watched the first episode so yeah, far. Because yeah. we're reviewing the whole season yes, later, right? Yes, there was eight episodes okay. in season one. But I, I saw first three. So we'll, we'll, those will be our two things. But I want to, I got to show you this. Because I think you will, I think you will love this game. Whether or not you have interest in playing this game, the this guy will be on your watch list of man 
How cool is he? So, and uh, by the way, there is some language, strong language. Thanks to the astronauts for that uh, announcement. Uh, now I'm here with Joseph Ferris from Hazelight. Joseph, uh, you were at the first Game Awards back 2014, uh, announcing something named Codename Hazelight. Now we know it's a way out. It's coming out uh, next year. Uh, so how does it feel to be back at the Game Awards four years later? Look at me, man. How do I look? It's like, I'm telling you this, okay. There are, ex there are like passionate people, there are crazy people, and there is me. I'm so passionate to be here. I'm so excited to be and meeting this industry. Yes. It's crazy, man. Like, look, this is, this is kind of insane. Like, we're here, we're serving this. Look, the Oscars should fuck themselves up. This is the shit. I'm telling you, this is, this is the real shit. What is this? This is kind of interactive gaming. Sorry, I'm taking, uh, let me just, give me a minute, uh, I want to take your time. Look, okay, can you swear here? Can you, you swear? swear? Okay, fuck the Oscars, you know? <laughs> fuck the Oscars! Fuck you! I'll tell you! And there's like, this is bullshit! Look, here's the thing. The gaming industry is an interactive experience where you, you feel it in your heart. you a lot of films, and now you're in games. games yeah, right? you know, I, I've done six features, but I don't yeah. care. But, okay, we're here to talk about a way out. Let's do yes. that. Yeah, let's get into your game. I'm All sorry, right, I'm, so a little bit, no, no, I'm, I, I'm a little bit jet-lagged. So that's excited. why I'm a bit... Uh, and I'm excited. So, Joseph, a way out. Co-op yeah, yeah. game, you, sh you, you showed it at E3. Yeah. People excited about it. You got a new clip of it tonight. What can you tell us about what Oof. we're going to see tonight? What can I tell you? Yeah. My friend, I'm telling you. Yes. All right, this is what I can tell you. Look. This is insane. If if the whole world tell me your game is shit, I'll tell them no, it's not. Right. I, that's how much I believe in it. Okay. All right. I'm telling you, like if you play the game yes. from the beginning to the end, yes. and you see what it is, it's impossible you don't like it. Okay. Impossible. impossible. Make sure to play with a friend that's not a run and gun split screen yeah. shooter. And your friend can play with with. Oh you yeah, yeah, play, yeah. Right? yeah. This is the thing. Yeah. And this is my idea. It doesn't have anything with the EA shit going on, yeah. with the loot box and stuff. Okay. No. Okay. Look, look, look. I'm going to say to you one thing. I'm going to say to you one thing. EA has been very good to me. Yes. And, and uh, to be honest with you, they get it because it's nice to hate EA, blah, blah. I don't care about that shit. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is this. All publishers fuck up sometimes, you know? Yeah. That's how it is. Mm -hmm. They fuck up. Yeah. But that's what it is. Like, in this case, it's like they've been treating me very well. That's what I'm saying. This means... I have 100% of the income to my team for the game I'm doing, you know? And it's coming so we, soon, right? Yeah, it's coming. I'm talking too long. That's Let okay. me talk a little it's bit. Like, so, no, it's like we, we got a long show, Judge. We got to be fair to everybody. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Let me continue a little bit. This, uh, this is my time to shine, man. You know how proud I am to be in this uh, industry? You flew along, man. I know you did. It's fun. Well, your game's coming out yeah, next yeah, year, right? Yeah, so we have... Uh, yes. Well, should we announce the, the, the thing? I think you should yeah. announce the date. We should yeah, show yeah, the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the trailer. We can talk after. Or... No, we can't. This is okay, okay. Let's look at the trailer. No, no, wait, 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 wait. One second, one second yes. before we talk to it. So, we it's have time. something that uh, is... We call it the friends, but it's my idea from the get-go the first. I'm a passionate man. Nobody will ever, even if I do AAA, okay. it's an independent game. But even if I do that, it will always be the game I want okay. it to be. All right. We'll come to the point soon. A way out. We got to go. Here we go. Oh. A way out. Coming out next year. Check it out. Joseph Ferris. He's a passionate guy. Yeah, no, he's very passionate. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. <laughs> 
he does have a point though you know you know, the Oscars screw the I mean I, I'm not I'll say this I am one of those people who don't really love the Hollywood award shows I'm doing like the discord watch party just because hey it's fun and it will be with commentary we will crack jokes and do all that but really he does have a point yeah screw the oscars but uh he is a very someone actually said he was kind of like tommy was a little bit uh, i mean i kind of got a little bit of that vibe but i mean if if people like his games, at least he can make a well-made thing. Um, no disrespect to people who enjoy the room, but that's a terrible movie. Well, yeah, and his games are of great quality. I mean, when he's talking about way out, a way out, and all most of his games they're heavily inspired by films. So, way out is kind of like uh, an homage to those seventies crime stories there's even a bit of scarface towards the end of it but the whole point of his games is that whatever the setting is it's two people playing together so it isn't a single player game you cannot play online with some random person so you could either only play the game split screen local co-op grab someone right next to you or there is a feature he created called uh, the friend pass so where only one person has to buy the game. And if there's someone on your friends list who is not playing anything and they want to play a uh, way out with you or it takes two, you could just invite them and they could play the entire game with you without having to have bought it. Which oh, is a wow. cool that's, feature. Yeah, that's really cool. But it also comes back to the problem that you do need someone to play this game with you. And that was my issue with... Uh, it takes two is that I didn't consistently have someone available. I had someone to play through the first half of the game with me. And then I had to keep finding more other, more players to get through. Cause I want to beat it and talk about it on Wednesday. And I think it would be a very fun review. And I feel like I will be it. I'm at the very end of the game, but it's just that like, now I have to find someone who's around and that sucks compared to, any other game where I could just continue playing by myself or online. I live in a household where I'm the only gamer. So, but for you, like this could be something fun for your wife or for your kids. It takes two is very, I would say kind of kid friendly. There is a little bit of language they here and there, but for the most part, it's very, very family friendly and kind of like honey, I shrunk the kids and uh, they make some other, movie references too but what platform is it on uh it's on pretty much ps4 xbox one pc and also the new consoles as well and cross by so if you get it on ps4 uh, you can get it on ps5 as well for free but yeah yeah no it's a, a really fun game if the story isn't always working the gameplay of just having two people work together to solve this puzzle or to do this thing it, it's always coming up with new ideas and i find that very uh wonderful yeah i just wish the story was a little stronger but it is towards the end it is coming it's itself right back around but out of the three joseph ferris games 
it's not the strongest, but yeah, I will I will talk more, of course, on the next gaming tadpole. But that, that's why like my schedule is kind of thrown off because I just spent time waiting. I was like, okay, is anybody gonna play this game with me? I had to go through the communities like, hey, is anyone uh, willing to play? So that is very tough because at the same weekend, the new Monster Hunter game came out. I also need to should mm. cover that. Because Monster Hunter is big now, so much that they made a crappy movie that uh, Justin really likes. <laughs> yeah, didn't uh, Paul W.S. Anderson oh, yeah, and yeah. Mila Jolovich, yeah, didn't he yep. direct and she yep. starred in it? Yep, yep. They, they were the U.S. military. They went back to the monster. I'm like, God dang it. Okay. I heard Love and Monsters is actually kind of fun. I know that has nothing to do with Monster. Yeah, Hunter, but... yeah. Hopefully the new Mortal Kombat movie is good. That, that's the next video game movie to look forward to. For now, let's get into pretty much our only two topics, starting with Bad Trip. Uh, you know what? These types of movies and the format this film we're talking about today, they call it the hidden camera, where the main characters of the said film, they go around in public to do something that will get a reaction out of unsuspecting pedestrians who are not or otherwise not even casted. They're not a part of this production whatsoever. They don't know what it is, or maybe they do and they've been told something else. We saw Borat 2 last year, which all three of us really enjoyed and thought it was uh, really brilliant, especially towards the end where it, it made national news for some of the things that it pulled off. Mm-hmm. And here... You got Lil Ray Halley and uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish. Also, who's I see him so much. The main Eric guy. Andre. He's the voice of uh, the demon on Disenchantment. Okay, because when I looked at him, I was like, "Is that a Discount Adam Driver?" No, I was, <laughs> I was like, they were trying to find Adam Driver uh, to play, and I'm like, no. Never mind. Uh, well, he's got the Adam Driver mannerisms down. And I mean, because I've seen Adam Driver when he's not playing a serious, like dramatic character and where he's just a regular chill, like I'm going to go over to Walmart or uh, work at s- some store. And he was kind of like that, at least a little bit, kind of. This movie actually came, or w- was made in 2019 and it was trying to get released but because of the pandemic, it kept on being pushed back. Now, it was also trying to go to Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime said, uh, no, you, you take that out of here. We got Borat. That's the real, that is the real hidden camera movie here. And yeah, no, nothing against Eric Andre, because I think he could be a really funny actor and comedian. He is a stand-up comedian for his uh, job. Oh, he was also in Lion King. I mean, he's been in uh, other things too. He's, he's going to be in the new Sing sequel for the Illumination animated film. And he was in Robot Chicken. I mean, he's got his uh, comedic chaps. If anything, I'm looking at this film as sort of like a uh, light version of Borat. If you just couldn't afford an Amazon Prime and you just want a hidden camera comedy. But immediately the issue with this film right here is that there's no real direction here there's a plot of some kind but honestly you don't seem to notice it 
because really they're just going from scene to scene coming up with something to embarrass random people that come their way and it's usually the cheapest ways possible like the, eric will come up to little ray howie is like hey i like sucking dick do you guys like dick hey 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 and, and I'm like i'm just like okay what sort of comedic reaction are you getting out of it to just try to make everybody uh like the audience laugh by just bothering random people. And I think why this is not working for me most of the time is that with, with Borat, there was some, there was a political commentary. There was an actual character with motivations and also a new character with motivations that brought some other, like the whole idea of a, a hidden camera com- comedy that played along with the story and here it felt it feels like okay we just got to get to this place and this place so we just find random locations to embarrass other people and not doing it by anything clever at all like they go to some lowbrow shock r-rated types of jokes lots of penis and and sex the funniest part of the film to me and it's not even like a great part at all but it was the musical number at the beginning where eric just finds true love at first sight to where he goes to a public mall and you get all these uh hired dance choreographers uh, with this uh i mean purposely lame song just uh to get a reaction and I did like that, you know, everybody around there were like, okay, what the heck is going on here? Now this is a musical. I, I, we're just eating lunch. There are certain times where the comedy feels relevant, at least to drive in something that's funny. But then for the most part, they're just going around finding ways to embarrass others. And that's just what it is for almost an hour and a half. First, I mean, I, I have to even ask the question how real is this movie what i mean real how authentic are the reactions of the people because that that's what the goal is you have here is to get random civilians to come into your film and input their own type of uh comedic banter but it feels like some of these actors and actresses they were paid. Not not paid. Uh, sorry. Some of these random people, they were paid. I cannot buy that there's a whole city who doesn't know Tiffany Haddish or right. Lady Howling. Yeah. If, even if they didn't know his name, they'd be like, aren't you the guy from Get Out? And I'm yeah. pretty sure people would know who Tiffany Haddish was when she's like harassing and asking all these random people stuff. And when talking about like, beauty holes. Like, and like the, yeah. hitting on that uh cop i was like yeah I, I cannot buy it i know at the end they do a blooper reel or they reveal gotcha i still think yeah. something is fiddled here to where they're, they're trying to make this more authentic i think the reason why i'm also believing that besides the the disbelief of a bunch of people not knowing these well-known comedians is that when you look at Borat 2, you see how real the reactions are by comparison. That people are in disbelief 
of these types of people or these uh, crazy well, people. Well, I mean, yeah. he's also putting on a caricature and playing a character and making himself look different than he actually looks. So there's yeah. a little bit more of a, a ruse there that you don't know. And I don't think a lot of people know who Sasha Baron Cohen is, like that don't watch a lot of movies or TV. Well, and I mean, they address in the sequel that more people know about Borat. But yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen is good to uh, uh, putting on different costumes and and making different accents because he's played a bunch of exaggerated characters in the past. Whereas these actors, yeah, that's yeah, that's where Borat came from. Was his TV show, the Ali G show, where he did just that he would play all these different type of characters to get reactions out of people and make it seem like whatever he was doing was real yeah and with this i mean the only one that's putting on any sort of makeup or any sort of physical difference for their appearance is tiffany hash but she still comes off as tiffany haddish yeah they just kind of put some tattoos on her and made her look like she was a little dirty like she hadn't had a bath or something yeah and yet i i still don't buy it i mean the other thing what they do is that after every scene they have to hold the camera on the person that they just embarrass just so you get that last second interaction uh, or just reaction out of them and honestly i don't feel like you need that you could have made the movie move along a lot smoother if uh, you just went from scene to scene but even then the film just gets repetitive in what it's doing no it's got a 67 so maybe i'm in the minority of people who didn't enjoy it well i mean six it's not a great but there are plenty that's, of people that's like, a mixed reaction you know, I, occasionally i gotta laugh but honestly at the end of it i was just tired of this movie it's not like I was completely hating on it, but it's just a formula that nobody but Sasha Baron Cohen could pull off. And you see exactly why when someone else tries to do a hidden camera type comedy, you need someone that can actually feel like their own thing. But yeah, I don't even think uh, there's so many people who don't know about Eric Andre. I know Eric Andre... He's not as known as Lily Holly or, or uh, Tiffany Haddish, but honestly, he's been in some big properties to where I, I feel like, and, and done stand up comedy, I feel like people wouldn't know. And the fact they talk about being uh, going to New York, New York is a place where there's so much stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would give it a regular decent. There's not really anything terribly exciting to remember about this film but i I guess i i have seen worse yeah i'm in complete agreement uh there were a few times that i laughed there were a few funny things but as the plot well i guess you can say plot but as the film progressed and they just tried to up the ridiculous stunts to put andre in it just got it got tedious it was like okay like you're just trying to come up with a scenario instead of just telling a movie like they tried to do both and it doesn't quite work together yeah and i also find it weird that the film when it comes to who they're pranking they're specifically targeting black women and black families like for the most part yeah. yeah which i'm like okay 
what do you get because you think they'll have the funniest reactions like i'm kind of confused as to what the whole point what the what they're trying to go for uh with all that because they focus so much on try on black uh people's reactions um more so than like latino asian or uh well i mean there's like one scene with the uh hispanic uh, janders but outside Mm -hmm. of that at the art gallery and then they're at a honky-tonk bar in georgia but but still it's like i mean all right yeah i mean occasionally they've said something that was funny i like the the woman who was just rolling along with everything uh, and trying to help out or pick sides like that that was probably one of the best that was one where i felt like that was real like out of all the reactions that was authentic as heck but there is a part where Tiffany Haddish hangs uh, Erica by a root or by a, 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 a of a cliff, and the reactions of the of the, the the black crowd I felt like wasn't real. I, I was like, okay, that was staged because I I mean when someone's like about to fall off and die, like like and and yet everybody's too busy cracking jokes about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. A- another one that I didn't feel like is when she goes to confront the guy at the car place and she's like, I'm going to fucking kill them or whatever. And he's just like, okay, sorry. Like you would call the cops, but he's like, oh, I know who she is. She's the famous lady. Yeah. Like he had to know who she was or at least knew she was an actress because he was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's why I feel like this isn't working because I, I, I mean, the fact that these people know who they are, it ruins the experiment of a hidden camera film. Though, I guess in their defense, because I've seen this uh, be a real story. It happened a few weeks ago. Someone got shot for trying to pull like an online prank where she, he, they were about to. St- pretend to stab someone which you shouldn't even be thinking about that anyway but i guess maybe they're like okay we don't want to have those types of real reactions where our lives could be on the line but at this i don't know it it, i just feel like something wasn't right here and you know after seeing borat 2 you you see a huge disparity I'm saying that they never do a hidden camera film. I mean, people can always experiment with their filmmaking, but th- this was not an experiment. This was three comedians trying to uh, trying out as many jokes as they can, very quick and uh, tired jokes, and that pushes out the R rating. And, and the fact that like the families did not even see the grill, the gorilla costume that was such a fake grill- looking gorilla. Yeah. And everyone bought that was re- no, I I don't believe that. Even when they put in the bloopers, so, someone's paid here. It might be real for all I know, but yeah, the, the, the I don't know. Anyway, I know something that is a lot better. Invincibles. This comes from producer Seth Rogen, who people know for the boys. And when you hear about another R-rated superhero show produced by Seth Rogen. I think directed by guys who were from The Walking Dead or at least worked on it. Maybe that isn't true, but... Makes 
It might be because isn't this based off Robert Kirkman comic? And oh yeah, the, yeah. The lead actor was on The Walking Dead, Stephen Yin, and yeah. I think there's some other Walking Dead actors in here. No, you want know now thinking about it, yeah, yeah. And with this, you have a a, a galactic was the Galactic Society or no the Galactic Force. And, Something like that. They're yeah. basically the Justice League. Well, their own form of the Justice League. I, I mean, they, yeah. Some of these other the Guardian something. Oh, oh, yeah, the Guardian Force. There we go, Guardian Force. This, it, I mean, starts off as their own parody of it. But what you have here is a son who is half su- superhuman and half Asian. Because the dad, played by or voiced by. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. And the wife here. But I really love these two, or I mean, this whole family dynamic going on at the start of it. Because it's almost like, you know what? Yeah, I know what he's up to. He's up there saving the world. It's just a regular day. Uh, It it was, I think, maybe episode two or, or... Stephen Young's character. Oh shoot! Sorry, Stephen Young's character was going down the stairs and like, "Hey, hey, mom, have you seen dad anywhere?" Oh, he's probably in another planet. What? He might be in trouble. No, it's it's a typical Tuesday. He'll be he'll be home for he'll he'll be home for uh, work later. Yeah, like he went to a portal. So you know, there's uh, there's comedy going on about that. But I mean, be. Because it's from Seth Rogen, you can probably expect that R rating to be pushed, and it it does. What's interesting is it's based off of a comic of the same name, where it starts off very wholesome and sweet, and then right at a certain point, that's when it flips on its R rating and gets super gory from here on out. And you see that translate here as well probably sooner than in the comics of how it's described. I mean, there are differences. For one, there was this controversial scene, or at least part of dialogue, where the kids kept calling each other gay. And that is not anywhere to be present here because they don't want to fall in that controversy. I get it. I mean, you could have addressed it, like made some commentary about it, but they were like, no, we just don't want to step on that. And that's fine. I mean, that's not an, an essential part of the story anyway. What what it is, it's about a kid who wants to be a superhero, just like his dad. Not really discovering all of the responsibilities, the scary things, and the potential uh, horrific stuff besides, you know, uh, life-threatening danger that might come with being a superhero. Because he, he also has a crush, and... In later episodes, it gets explored uh, more of how he has to balance that between on hero duties. Well, say first three episodes in, this isn't as raunchy as the boys. There, there's no porn scene. Uh, I'm not gonna say porn scene. What I'm saying, there's no sex scene per se of two characters going at it, and you're seeing uh, penises and nipples. They do talk about sex. That is a discussion. And they do make some dick jokes uh, here and there. Not a lot, but that's a topic, but not a main importance here. And what I really like about the show, 
so far. And, you know, being adapted to the comics, I love that it's once again a different approach to these superheroes. Like the boys, it is taking some very interesting risks, more so being animated with the animation style of a DC or Warner Brothers animated cartoon. Because you look at the visuals of this show and like, okay, this looks like something Warner Brothers would have made. And they would put it on DVD. Until you get to the action, they beef everything up, but still, it's it's straightforward 2D animation, which is fine. I mean, when you make a show, you're expected to have limited animation. You can't go out and make a feature-length film, but split up into different episodes. I mean, that's probably not realistic. And I like the animation, and I enjoy the the drawings and the colors, like the, the character designs. I know it's another parody of the justice league but they'll go into other characters who aren't just justice league knockoffs i mean when you uh, get into who our protagonist here has to team up with uh, i mean you have characters like in uh or duplicate who is an asian woman who can uh multiply into different body or bodies and you know it's duplication a special ability and uh, a, a uh, sort of a Jarvis type character named robot who intends to be sort of the ambassador for uh, the guardian force and some other characters as well with their own abilities and I mean the voice cast all around is awesome I mean you mentioned Stephen Young J.K. Simmons there are some people here I am actually impressed by the first person I'm impressed by is Mark Hamill, who isn't I can, he the gadget guy? Yeah, he is sort of like their Alfred type character. But yeah, he creates gadgets for the superheroes and the costumes. And this is part of uh, our in our main character's origin of getting their own superhero. They go visit him, but he's not having that Joker or you know that typical animated Mark Hamill voice you hear a lot. And you can barely recognize it's Mark Hamill. Some other voice actors I'm highly impressed by. This is an actor I'm normally not a fan of, just from the performance he's had in live action films. Walter Goggins. Oh, he. Comes, yeah, I guess I haven't gotten to him yet. Yeah, he voices the commissioner, or at least the the uh, leader of the global defense agency that uh, has all the hero heroes together he owns runs the business and walter goggins he plays a vastly different character from what you know him from ant-man the wasp or that tomb raider reboot movie where he's got to be the sinister evil business guy now he might be that person later on i mean i haven't seen the rest of the show but from the first three episodes he's just uh, you know he takes the hero business very seriously uh, and he's not in that mood to act wacky or to be sinister or tell jokes. He's just like, you know, I work my butt off for this job. I don't give a credit. Are you going to do this or you're not? Uh, and, and even having to have that discipline on uh, Stephen Young's character when he gets uh, casted into the uh guardians role uh, mark grayson of course is the main protagonist's name which you know the, his back and forth between the two i really like because mark he you know he's kind of regretting being a superhero 
in a way, the fact that he can't get, you know, he can't uh, just spend time with his uh, crush at school. There's a lot of diversity, which is great. I mean, with the protagonist ha- or half Asian family, but also the love interest being a black woman. And there's plenty of other black characters in this as well. They are uh, very, and also with different age groups, they start to experiment off with different superhero types to where it's not trying to be, they try their best to not be exactly like other superhero movies or shows or comics you know of. They later come up with characters that one's kind of like the Hulk, except for if she trains too hard, she uh, de-ages, which weakens her powers. So there's kind of like an overload to her abilities. I like that. That puts in a little risk-reward type to a familiar superhero or superpower. And then, I mean, you get introduced to a lot of other heroes as well. What... immediately catches it besides just again having a uh our different r-rate approach but also another show that brings up the business side of being a superhero besides of course the boys and my hero academia does it in their own way as well and i like how their approach is to it but you also see that not everyone is who they seem that leads to the bigger mystery here and you notice it at the end of the first episode yeah oh yes and that's where they let you know this show is gory as heck from there on out they they go all out with the gore (laughs) i mean you saw the first episode let me tell you yeah that was a left turn because i was kind of no this is okay and then i was like oh my god what's going on well, no, I was liking it just fine at the start. Like, I I, I like the, the, the character growth with uh, everybody. I mean, the thing is, this is a 50-minute show, or per episode, or close to 50 minutes. So they're given a little more time than 30 minutes to work with. And I think that actually helps the show in the end. Because it allows them to cover more ground or to uh, explore more. And which they do. And it goes even further in episode two or three when you start to dive in the global defense agency and let's say not going on what's going on with certain family members. Now, I'll say because people are still discovering the show now that it's finally out, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but when we discuss the full season, we'll go into spoilers. But you see at the end, that mystery between a certain character it goes to a really creepy level with the falling episodes and they introduce other things like a demon detective that can just sense that can send things other people don't so he starts to suspect something while everybody's like well you know nothing we could do about this situation when they try they try to or you know doing what they can as a business to have press meetings and try to uh level the the dramatic coverage they might receive if it gets out out of hand but this guy's like no i think something's fishy about this and where it leaves off on the third episode i was really like oh no 
this is not good for a certain family. So, all right, it's giving you something to real, uh, get real uh, just excited for when it goes on. But I just love how this show proves that you that, that you can never run out of ideas with the superhero genre so long as you write them well and you know you you find other genres or other things to tackle with it and they i mean they bring up other things about how the uh the uh global defense agency has their own defense or i mean their own barriers for in case invaders travel from another dimension and try to take over the world and there's a whole episode regarding that to how earth has to protect itself from incoming enemies that appear from different parts of the galaxy and i like how they tackle those subjects and then they get to real personal ones i mean there is some drama that goes on between these teenagers there's one that gets cheated on another and i'm not gonna go into detail too but they i mean they explore the nerdy geeky side of all this while getting very real and personal and i'm not saying like you know, nerd culture can express uh, like real uh, storytelling. No, not, not nothing like that. But it it goes in, a, in this fine line to where if you're not a big comic book reader, you're going to follow everything along by just how these characters are. I, I mean, the fact that you even get a little bit about the different family members of the original guardian force as well. And with the following episodes, I was just highly invested in this. Like I, it's a show that went deeper and deeper as it, as it gone by, just like the boys, like they know how to reel you in with these conflicts that they present that is both familiar to comic book fans or superhero fans and then having their own twists and not abusing the r rating for the wrong purpose they are here to tell a very mature superhero story that paints the idea of being a superhero at a a different light and the jokes yeah most of them work some of them eh, not not all that goes away there's this uh politically correct evil scientists that they come over to beat up but I th- what I think really gets me about this too is the fact that because it is so R-rated, people could die and they would actually catch you by surprise if somebody lives. There's scenes where aliens are invading and they're viscerating random civilians and people are being torn in half and you're seeing gore. Like the end of the first episode is only the beginning. And it gets to some real interesting things about your main superhero cast that you end up following. Like even going back to uh, Duplicate, how she has to, in order to evade like lots of fire, sometimes she has to throw her past bodies in the line, or at least uh, she has to keep uh, multiplying in order to keep surviving. So you see her past clones get chopped in half or get uh killed in bloody ways and you just kind of think about that and go man what is probably going through her head knowing that she's looking at herself dead and it brings some very interesting things to this 
And also the scary idea of clones and how clones could have feelings of their own. Yeah, that's like actually like one of the very first parts of the first episode. There's like that with the with the villain. Yeah. And you know what? There is a cl- one of the cliffhangers at the end of episode three actually uh, comes back to that villain because uh, he hmm. gets his butt kicked. He gets thrown in jail. But let's say there's something that happens and I'm not going to go into details, but I'm, I'm just really hooked into the show. If anything, I'll just say I, I'm kind of anxious about the the how the rest of the season will go. Especially with Walter Goggins' character, I'll say that there's things I really like about him. I mean, he could end up just being still the evil business billionaire, but at the start of it, he's doing things differently than what you normally see him in. So I, you know, I really am just hooked onto this, and you know, I'm seeing episode two of Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I honestly don't know what which I would put higher. Because I think both of them have been taking some very interesting risks. I mean, yeah, I'm going to wait till the full season is over to really state my thoughts on it. But yeah, no, it's worth it. I mean, it's why I have not unsubscribed to Amazon Prime yet. I am keeping it because I want to see the rest of the season. I'm not saying like I don't like Amazon Prime, but you know, because job transition, I'm keeping my subscriptions limited. Right. What do you think? you only seeing the first episode. Yeah, so far I'm intrigued by the idea. It was a little bit of a slow start for me just as a pilot. Sometimes pilots can be that, but there were I did like the family dynamic. Uh I did like some of the jokes. I definitely loved the diversity of the characters and voice cast and then yeah, that ending of that first episode was like a huge left turn of where the episode was going. So I'm intrigued yeah. to watch the rest of the show. Yeah, no, it, it it gets more as it as it goes on. Like I, I I think that was the right pacing for it to hook you that way because you don't really expect how it ends. Now I, I would say uh, Sandra O plays uh, Debbie Grayson, the the wife. She is amazing. There's some awesome scenes with her later on. Really, I'm I just at the edge because I'm worried for the rest of the family that they don't know what has happened with so so. But yeah, uh, definitely worth watching if, if nothing. I mean, you get a lot of times or a lot of uh, hours out of it. There's also I'll say some cameo cast here. Ezra Miller is in this as D. Oh. Sinclair, which I find that interesting. You know, I. I think Ezra Miller, despite the controversy he's got in real in real life, and also yeah, I I like him in in Justice League. I mean, he wasn't given nobody in that movie was given the best dialogue, but I I think out of all of it, he was the character I felt had the best development. And, and somewhere I I wanted to see him as the Flash again, but you know, well, I mean, it's still in the works as of now, but uh. <laughs> they've had so many different director changes i don't know if it'll ever happen but we'll see yeah so i'm just really oh and uh uh what's his name oh dang why am i getting the the producer of this uh seth rogan yeah seth rogan's Rogan's in this 
I mean, he plays a, a small role, like a small comedic role. And I'm like, okay, so Seth Rogen, he's got to make a cameo in his own things. That's fine. Like, I, I mean, I, I thought it was cute. And it was also nice for uh, Mark to actually see what it was like to be out of space. Because that was another thing when he discovered flying. He's like, yeah, how far can I go? And he had trouble flying out to space originally because he had uh, trouble breathing. And they explored that. But, you know, uh, just great. And that is all we have for the show. But just one last thing, just quickly talk about speaking of superhero stuff in the news and Disney Plus saying that what or uh, Black Widow is coming out and also Koala, but both under that premier access in addition to leasing in the theaters. What I find interesting though, because this also came with this week's news. HBO Max is going to uh, no longer uh, do the the or theatrical and at home simultaneous release after that's this year. for next year though yeah. right they're still doing it for this year well yeah but they're not going to do it after that like what do you think about like all this together well I know there was huge controversy with um, HBO's decision because they did not consult a lot of the directors about it and like i know denny Villeneuve, the guy who's doing dune said you know he wanted his film released in theaters if his film needed to be delayed longer he would have happily delayed it again so everyone could see it i mean i think the reason they're doing this is because as you know a lot of states are opening up vaccinations and president biden said that by may 1st everyone in the country should be able to get a vaccination if they want it. So I guess they're guessing by next year that people can go to the movie theaters or at least feel safe to go to a movie theater again. But with people loving this idea, some people loving this idea and they wanting it to be there forever, they'll be like, hey, why did you get rid of this feature? The other, I mean, the other thing is HBO Max now has another subscription option. I don't know if you heard about it, but there's a cheaper... No. Okay. So they just released another option on HBO Max where you can actually watch the everything with ads. And that would be the main difference. They're going the CBS or, well, now Paramount Plus a route where you can have an option, a cheaper option of, hey, you know what? I don't want to pay less for HBO Max, but then you'll have commercials either before or after the movie or you know in between episodes commercial breaks and everything the other feature that they put in this is that this cheaper option does not come with the at home and theatrical simultaneous release so with this going away in 2022 would that make the cheaper option more appetizing since well now you know, you can't uh, do this or do that anymore. I mean, that does make sense. Like, why should I pay $15 if all I'm not having to deal with is airspace and I can pay, I don't know, what is it, like eight bucks or seven bucks instead? Yeah. And I just have to watch commercials with my shows and some ads before I watch the movie. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah, it might make people more enticed to do that. Like that that you told me there's a cheaper option. I might do that after uh the premiere stuff's no longer on there. Yeah, I might go for that as well. I was like, yeah, because now uh, Disney Plus they just uh put in the disclaimer, not disclaimer, but as as I was logging into Disney Plus, he said coming April, we're gonna raise the monthly subscriptions by a dollar. Yeah, it's going to be eight instead of seven, right? Yeah. Or the bundle, then, you know, because that's what I do. I have the bundle with uh, Hulu. So, yeah. yeah. That's why, even though I'm not totally with the Premier Access, I get it because it, it has been proven a lot by sales that these movies have done simultaneous release, they've not performed terribly well. Like even though Tom, uh, Tom and Jerry surprisingly did well, I, I feel like it probably it would have still made more if it was released exclusively in theaters. Well, well, yeah, because I guess you know I know what AT and T was thinking because they own Time Warner now. They were like, we have this streaming service. We need people to subscribe. We need these movies to come out because we have other movies. We can't keep delaying movies. So why don't we do this? You know, they were hoping that this was going to increase their subscription yeah. to the to the site. I but think, yeah. like, yeah, especially for like Wonder Woman, and then you know they released the Snyder Cut, and I think there's a couple of like Kong and Godzilla's coming out. There's some big things that people want to oh, watch. Yeah yeah like with suicide squad for example the james gunn one that's that's gonna get some subscriptions i just saw the trailer for that i'm looking forward to that movie i yeah i watched it yesterday and i was like yep i'm on board for this movie this looks fun yeah which is funny they got him because they so wanted suicide squad to be like guardians of the galaxy so they just went and got the guardians of the galaxy guy to do one yeah, because they're like, no, uh, David Ayer, you know, you, you and your like stereotyping of uh, Latinos, we're not giving you that air cut. They 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 rejected his air cut, and they also said, yeah, there's not going to be a, a Zack Snyder's Justice League two and three, which made some DC fans mad. They they're going to petition petition uh, cancel HBO Max because they won't release like Snyder Cut 2 and 3. You know what's funny talking about people yeah. uh, bashing HBO Max? Guess what's going to be available on HBO Max in May? What? Tenet. When Christopher Nolan <laughs> called it the oh, worst streaming oh. service ever. <laughs> you, you bet you I'm going to watch Tenet on HBO Max and do my review on it. That I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I know this was a couple weeks ago, but someone actually made a Game Boy Advance cartridge of. So the Game Boy Advance had these things where you can watch movies and shows. This was before, way before, like you can now stream Netflix and everything on uh, gaming consoles. But one of the cases, someone had a, a a Game Boy Advance SP lying around. And they made a cartridge out of Tenet to where you're displaying Tenet on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I did this despite Christopher Nolan, the way it was meant to be seen. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. I wish I had that cartridge because that that's when I won't watch it. But no, instead I'll I'll, I'll see it on HBO. Yeah, and it'll look just fine on your because I'm assume you have a pretty good screen size smart television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll look just fine. Yeah. I mean, I understand people wanting to see things in the cinema and movies should be, but you know, we were in a global pandemic. Uh, actually, more people want to see things at home. Well, I know more people want to see it at home, but I know that cinephiles and film aficionados, we like seeing movies on the big screen, but, you know, we also don't want to risk our lives to watch a movie. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So next time we'll probably have Justin because we'll be talking about Godzilla versus King Kong. That is the next HBO Max film. It's releasing on the 31st, which is in the middle of the week, so give plenty of time to watch that and uh whatever else is coming up that next oh you know what because uh they'll be halfway into captain falcon and the winter soldier so we'll talk about episode two and three of that and then whatever else is coming out that week but until then you can watch the or listen to this on uh Pons-Press, different podcast listening platforms whatever soundcloud whatever you you want to listen to yada yada Facebook.com slash Ponspress, Instagram slash Ponspress, Twitter at ChasePon64. Video clips are also on uh, Ponspress. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the video clip of Justice Ferris because I think that's a. <laughs> I'm gonna reference that. I'm gonna bring that clip up because uh, my co-host on the gaming table, Rihanna, she was super excited for this game. She has no idea who Justice Ferris is, so I'm. That's gonna be a very interesting thing. But, uh, you know, Cody's film page, film nerd, and doing the video rejects. Also, Discord. Join us on the Discord. We'll do watch parties actually later tonight. We're going to watch some anime and we'll also watch the Oscars. So I think that's what we're mainly been doing is watching anime. That's what everybody wants to see, which, I mean, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Until next time, take care. Bye.